deep in London's beating heart lies a wall I'd like to it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans I am your host ZC And I'm Liz And Liz Oh Got my sip on. Got some orange beer. Got some orange. I it, it, it literally is uh, a oh, can really? of orange beer. Yep. <laughs> oh. I have, I'm having a nine thirty orange beer because I need some caffeine, but I didn't really want another, you know, coffee or whatever. So sure. Yeah, I drank my two cups of coffee already uh, during the common room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm all amped up, uh, and now I'm drinking a ginger kombucha. Ooh. It's spicy. It's a little. It's a little spicy mouth. I very recently come around on kombucha. Mm. Maybe this is because I'm in week three of being a vegetarian. Sure. And, and maybe some some things are cosmically rearranging. Mm. But uh, but kombucha, I've, I've, I've tried a couple that have been pretty good recently. Yeah. I have been very anti-kombucha for a long time. We both went to a college where people love to make their own kombucha. Sure, yeah, that was very popular. It looked very gross. I There are many times where I would have felt very rude if I had not accepted um, some homebrew kombucha visiting people's dorms or whatever. Sure. Was a mistake every single time. They just It was just a big old jug of toilet water that they had mm. uh, under their window most of the time. Not pleasant, but I've, I've been trying some some like kombucha here and there. Yeah, it's all right. It's pretty good. Ginger sounds real good. I gotta say, I drank a lot of of homemade kombucha at at people's weird houses at the college <laughs> we went to, and I just I just love that funky taste. I don't know what it is. I mean, I've always I've always kind of liked those, um, you know, kind of a medicinal, uh, weird a weird funky sip, and kombucha is yeah. no different. I remember I had a lot of anxiety about. About it killing me because I, <laughs> I know that there's there's some par- some perils, um, and but I I do love kombucha. Um, the one thing I don't love is that they try to market it like it's gonna gonna cure your cancer, cure your cure yeah. your brain because uh, it's, it's just a, it's just a good funky taste, and that's all all I want out of it. It's just a it's just a good funky funky sip, nothing more, nothing less. People have got to stop doing that with with food and drink i feel the other the other funky taste i really like is those new like vinegar drinks oh those are pretty good those are delicious i get i get so sick of them uh trying to pass it off as health food it makes me feel a little bit guilty for for buying it in the first place but yeah i'm just i'm a sucker for a funky sip i mean it's 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 damned if you do damned if you don't because it's like if you're buying i don't know coke or nestle products you are supporting a jillion million dollar right. nightmare corporation that like overthrows governments and uh, uh, you right, know runs right, death right. squads or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, buying the like smaller business drinks that also say like this will this will give you psychic powers and, and cure your cancer. This will fix also, your write up. Yeah, also not very good. So kind right. of kind yeah. of a, a, a weird uh, uh, Sophie's choice there. I, I suppose. guess I'll just drink plain water right out of the tap. Yeah, water's pretty good. It's good that good, good that you have a drink. It's good that I have a drink because yeah. this week I've got some news stories that are positively spit take worthy. I would say <laughs> uh, four very different stories. Okay. So J.K. Rowling 
uh, you might be surprised to know, has has retreated as of late. <laughs> she said she said her villain speech and then like f- like flapped her cape around and disappeared into the darkness. <laughs> Oh, pretty much. Yeah, she she said her, she said her weird piece and then disappeared and has not been heard from since. Uh, last week, the only real uh, hint of news that we got was the uh, the Fantastic Beasts Museum exhibit that you, we could get ten dollars off the tickets for. What a 10%. bargain! Yeah, ten percent off of the tickets for not even ten dollars. This week. We don't have any official news. All all silent from from WB, from Harry Potter itself as a as a franchise. Mm. However, we do have some exciting news from the world of arts and crafts related to Harry Potter. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, this is from uh Delish, Delish magazine. Okay. This Etsy shop sells Harry Potter inspired candles that are a little not safe for work. Listen up, witches. If plain-looking candles aren't your thing and you happen to be Harry Potter-obsessed, this Etsy shop has everything you could ever need to spice up your space, including a butterbeer candle. The Sugar and Geek Etsy shop makes all sorts of fandom-inspired candles. Seriously, they even have some based on your favorite shows, The Office, in brackets. (laughs) What could that possibly be? Oh god, I'm thinking of like office-flavored candles. What the fuck would that be? This candle smells like the jello that Jim put uh, the other guy's stapler doesn't, in. Doesn't um, Dwight have like a farm? Is is there like a... Oh, beets. Like, He's a, yeah, he is there like a beet a smelling beet candle? candle? That's probably what it is. Yeah, beet, beets candle. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else happens in the office. Hmm... I'm. I. I don't feel like we're going to be starting our office podcast anytime soon. I watched the like first two seasons when they originally aired, and that's that's about my level of of expertise here. That is that is the perfect amount of office to have watched. <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, and your favorite musicals, such as Wicked, and because Harry Potter fans make up such a significant part of the population, there are a few wizardly wicks in this shop as well. Right. The first is the butterbeer scent which is made with hints of butterscotch, cookies, and cream. So the cream cookies soda Cookies and one. cream kind of is out of left field for me a little bit. I, like, I get the butterscotch. Yeah. That's there in the name, butterbeer. Yeah, beer. I know, because it's butterscotch and cream soda. We know that. That's canon. Cookies. Mm. Not really, uh, Not don't really see where that's coming from. Sure. Uh, uh, butterbeer is a drink. Cream. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Cream I put soda. that in my coffee. Cream soda. There you go. Cream- <laughs> I just forgot a word. It was cream soda. <laughs> Sugar and Geek also sells a collection of Hogwarts house candles that all feature explicitly fun plays on words on the label. I know There's where the- this is going. I don't give a huffle fuck candle that smells like vanilla and sugar cookies. Then there's the I don't give a griffin dam, which smells like apple, mint, eucalyptus, and clove, as well as other essential oils. Wonderful. For studious raven claws, the I don't give a raven crap candle is scented with apple. Don't like that. That's my least favorite. (laughs) Is scented with apple, mahogany, cedarwood, and vanilla. I will say that one at least, those are some nice smells. Sure. I guess. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to have to look at I don't give a raven crap to smell them. Uh, so not as into that. Uh, finally, for all of you Slytherins out there. That's us. And then in brackets, it says, hey, 
not sure what that is referring to. Mm. Uh, is the I don't give a slither shit candle. Oh, just kidding. That's my least favorite. I'm I'm the one that's offended by these candles. That one's really not low effort, I would it's say. It's such a reach. Yeah. Uh, is made with citrus, lavender, lily, jasmine, and other woody scents. The candles are all handmade in small batches and go for about $18 each. All four of the Hogwarts house candles can be purchased in a set for $66. Wow. Remember when Dumbledore said happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light? He was clearly talking about lighting candles. That's right. <laughs> wow, that's really nice. That's some nice yeah, stuff. That's some nice stuff. Uh, moving on to our second article here. Uh, this I don't give a huffle fuck Harry Potter candle smells like buttery sugar cookies. This is from Pop Sugar. What is happening? Dot com. Is this, is, this, is this what happens when there's no Harry Potter news? They all write the same copy it's about like, the oh, same. We have Etsy to write shop. about the candles again. <laughs> have to write about the cussing candles. <laughs> Someone cast a scourgeified charm on my mouth because an I don't give a hufflefuck candle exists. <laughs> and this might be my new favorite catchphrase. From Etsy shop Sugar and Geek, the rude Harry Potter candle collection features four handmade candles inspired by the Hogwarts house colors, making this the perfect gift for the foul-mouthed wizard or witch in your life, though I'm personally going to need about ten of each. Hermione Granger would drop her spellbook if she heard any of these candle names. No, she would not. Hermione cusses. <laughs> Hermione cusses, She's the for joker. Sure. She's the fucking Joker. Absolutely. Nobody knows that Hermione's the Joker but us. The nine ounce paraffin wax candles each give off a unique scent inspired by their respective house common rooms, adding a little bit of magic to any room. In true Hufflepuff fashion, the I don't give a Hufflefuck candle smells like creamy vanilla and buttery sugar cookies. While the I don't give a Raven crap candle smells like apple, mahogany, cedar. It's almost like they all got the same email and just uh, recited it word for word here interesting for anyone who's in the same house as the golden trio the i don't give a griffin dam candle smells like apple mint leaves canadian fir trees eucalyptus clove crackling firewood blah 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 uh as a slytherin i have my eye on the don't give a slither shit candle which is meant to have a clean citrusy scent with the hints of lavender jasmine moss wood and lily of the valley take a closer look at the rude harry potter candles ahead and accio one over for yourself before they're gone Mm, no, thank you. I actually feel like they kind of like having a rude catchphrase on the candle takes away from what the candle actually is. I'm surprised they didn't just put the house name on them. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, the the these weird Harry Potter swear like phrases like we we I think almost exactly this time last year we read basically these same pieces of copy for like the wine glasses right yes i i feel like we need to come up with one for hurtwood house Ooh, yeah i mean i got nothing yeah that's i'm gonna have, that's gonna have to percolate for a bit we I could think. crowdsource that one yeah yeah because because we also have a couple more news articles here to read it's very important this is from cosmopolitan oh famous wow. magazine these rude harry potter candles are so wrong they're right hmm Harry Potter innuendos will never not be funny, and whether it's would you like to slither in or something about being a keeper like Oliver Wood, we're a sucker for anything rude and Hogwarts-based. 
which is why we're obsessed with these hilarious so wrong they're right candles, which come in variations of rude Harry Potter-based expressions, not safe for work. Mm. The five options are not today, muggle fucker. So that one's new. Oh, I still I think we've talked about this before. Don't like the muggle fucker portmanteau. No. (laughs) Doesn't have good in-universe connotations. Doesn't have good real world parallels. Not good. No. Not, Not don't like it. The other options are I don't give a slither shit. I don't give a huffle fuck. (laughs) I don't give a raven crap. And stop me if you've heard this one before. I don't give a griffin damn. Mm. We want one of every candle, please. Wow. That that was Cosmo. Uh, And then finally, I've got one here from the mirror in the UK. Rude Harry Potter candles are the perfect Christmas gift for any wannabe witch or wizard. And it contains the exact same photo as the Cosmo one. Interesting. Some interesting stuff here. What? Oh, I mean, people must be buying these, right? Yeah, sure. Pe- pe- people, pe- I guess, I guess it works. I mean, like I can sit here and, 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 and complain about it, but I guess. Um, do you remember like 2012 or so? Barely. When when the pl- <laughs> when the plot of every video game was uh, that everything was a cycle and it happened before. I feel like I'm getting called out. Really? Why? Oh, I guess I was thinking more um, Planescape Torment, but you're talking more Mass Effect. So okay, yes. I'm, not, I'm not as called out right now. No, there, there. No, to be clear, there are good versions of that okay. story. I just, th- I just think the good versions of that story are the ones that get me and shouldn't like i'm just like oh i, lo- I love this shit i should no, but i do yeah but no, yes of course i do but that was that was a that was a twist in a lot of video games uh last generation and that's that's what i feel like reading this like if if i if you search harry potter candle on google and tab over to news mm-hmm you will you will find an abyss that goes back quite a ways. Yeah, I feel like the um, trouble that a lot of the stories or or the the kind of like pitfall that they have that that make them feel not satisfying is that um, the reveal of of the never ending cycle ends up feeling um, like the stakes and consequences don't matter in the story. Yes. And do you feel that way about these candles? Like, do you are you feeling like it's <laughs> just like it, it brings you a great sense of ennui? Yeah, exactly. Well, because <laughs> just to maintain my honor here, right? The reason that that is good in like Planescape mm. is because there is more going on in Planescape. That reveal layers on a lot more interesting story uh, uh, implications for characters that we like and who exist in their own cycle, right? For Mass Effect and for this Candle article, it just feels <laughs> like that. It just it just feels like that is the like, like, like that is the, like, you're searching for answers, and then that's the answer you find, and that's the only one you get. Right. Right. Like, like, th- this whole thing was building towards a gotcha. I think this has been some really cutting analysis. <laughs> Looking forward to our Planescape podcast. Yeah, 100%. Which, which will fucking slam. But before we get there, we have a lot of Harry Potter to read, and we had quite a chat through this week. Shall we, shall we talk about it? Yeah. 
Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about let's, this. I'm, I'm, let's talk I'm resting about this my one. chin in my hands. I've got a big shitty grin on my face. Let's talk about this one, huh? Everybody gather around. We're going to talk about this chapter, and the chapter is chapter 14. Felix Felicis? Yeah. Um, we're catching up with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Harry hasn't had a chance to tell Ron and Hermione about the um, true crime episode of, of Voldemort's childhood he just watched. Um, but, he, <laughs> but, he, but he finally gets his opportunity um, in, in Herbology class. Um, and they are extracting those pods that we made fun of a while ago. I don't remember what the context was. Um, but they're, they're pulling these big, big juicy pods out of an angry plant. Um, and and are kind of and are kind of chatting and and Harry tells Ron and Hermione about young Tom Riddle. Um, Ron says, "Okay, but why?" Um, and Hermione says, "But it's all really interesting." Um, they talk about the Slug Club a little bit um, because Hermione is is kind of talking about how she's she's been kind of enjoying the meetings. Um, and they got to meet the um, the coach or the owner of of one of the Quidditch teams. And Ron Ron is still like. Not not feeling great about all of that. Um, and Hermione brings up that there's going to be a Christmas party and there's just there's no way that Harry's going to get out of it. Slughorn is like planning it around a time when Harry could be available. Um, and Ron uh, basically just gets like so pissed and he's like, oh, uh, I guess I'm not cool enough to go. I guess, Hermione, you should just hook up with McLoggin at the Christmas party. And Hermione um, is like, well, we're allowed to bring guests and I was going to invite you. Anyway, they do a bunch of fighting there. Ron is like happy that she was going to invite him, but they're, they're you know, sniping back and forth. And Harry uses that opportunity to reflect about how awkward it would be if they got together and broke up. He, he's basically like, there's some exposition where he's like, oh, it's a matter of time before they get together. And that's going to be so awkward for me. And uh, on and on. Um, we're moving on. Harry has to replace Katie Bell on the Quidditch team for the upcoming match against Slytherin because she's still in the hospital. Um, he asks Dean Thomas because he was uh, the second second best at the auditions. Uh, tryouts is what they are um but it makes people mad at him like Seamus is mad and there's like rumors and where people are like oh Harry's only inviting people from his class I still don't understand this but no nope, that's okay not at all um they they have Quidditch practice um Dean does pretty good um but it's it's a disaster it's like the last Quidditch practice before the big game and Ron is just like he has he's just like freaking out and he can't make any saves um and at some point he gets so nervous that he accidentally like punches someone on the team and Ginny yells at him and they're they're kind of like amping up a fight. Um as Harry and Ron are walking back to the school afterward, Harry's like trying to like tell Ron, like, you're a good player, it's just your nerves, and Ron is like, I'm gonna quit if we don't win, um, because I know I have to play, but like I'm no good. And Harry's like trying to encourage him, but it's just not it's just not working. Anyway, they arrive at the school, and uh, in the corridor, they, like, walk up on Ginny and Dean uh, making out, and Ron flips out. He gets in this huge fight with Ginny in the hallway, basically calling, like, saying she's a big, big slut or whatever. I don't know. Um, and Ginny fires back by saying, like, well, you've never kissed anyone, you stupid virgin. Anyway, that's the fight they have. Um, and Harry 
is observing in this moment that seeing Ginny kissing Dean made him so angry, filled him with horrible, jealous rage like molten lava, and he's like, oh, that's not good. Um, Harry like talks to Ron a little bit after the fight, after Ginny runs off, and um, and Ron is like, do you think that Hermione kissed Victor Crumb? And Harry's like, doesn't answer, and that just makes Ron really mad. Uh, this is so boring. Um, <laughs> it's the next day. The Quidditch game is that day. Ron is like really down in the dumps. Um, but Harry slips something into Ron's drink, but Hermione catches him and is like, you didn't. As they're going out to Quidditch, Harry points out how lucky it is that the weather's good. And then Ginny comes up and is like, hey, great news. Malfoy is ill and he can't play in the game today. Um, Harry thinks that's suspicious. Ron is like, oh, you gave me luck potion. And and he's fine with that. Uh, they play the game. Ron plays amazingly. He's lost all his nerves. He's, he's, he's taking the luck potion. He's making all the saves. He's catching all the balls um, or whatever. Uh, Harry almost doesn't catch the snitch, but he he says to the replacement seeker on the Slytherin team, like, how much did Malfoy pay you to do this? And that manages to confuse him enough that Harry catches the snitch. After the game, Hermione confronts Harry so angry. You can't use this. This is illegal. You gave Ron potion. Um, and Harry's like, no, I didn't. I just made you think I did. And it got rid of Ron's nerves. And he did great. Ron and Hermione kind of fight a little bit after that. There's a big party in the Gryffindor common room. Hermione walks in on Ron making out with Lavender Brown. Um, and she kind of storms off. Um, Harry kind of talks to her a little bit. She's clearly upset. She clearly has a crush on Ron. Ron and Lavender walk in and are like, haha, we didn't know you'd be in here. Um, and then Hermione attacks Ron with birds. That's the end of the chapter. I thought this was going to be the week. I thought this was going to be the chapter that we finally got to tear into the concept of Felix Felicis. Nope. Uh, little did I know that actually this would be the chapter where Harry became the main character from Psych. Oh, shit. You're right. <laughs> it's just the guy from Psych. He's the mentalist. He's he's just like every character from from a USA show now, all of a sudden. J.K. Rowling, please turn off the TV when you're writing. Stop it's watching Psych. Stop watching the all-day USA marathon of Psych. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whoo-wee. What, what a... This is a weird one because I think for, like, the first segment of this reading, I was very pleased because I was like, finally, we're back to... We're back to the school. We're back to CW content. Mm -hmm. uh boys boys and girls are liking each other but not telling each other and they're going to class and i'm like finally this is the shit i want um little did i know that it would just gradually become more and more uh uncomfortable and also the a plot would make less and less sense as everything went along what is the a plot harry harry's just so good at reading people all of a sudden that he can concoct a genius plan that involves several coincidences paying off it's really really wild that he waited to show this side of himself for for so long into this <sighs> series and i bet it'll never show up again some something tells me we will probably never see this harry again yeah so starting off here i like i th i think that this scene of of him and ron and hermione is like almost quite good 
I, I really enjoyed the way that it like it, they were having this very mundane conversation. The way that like what is what they are doing in class is sort of slowly revealed mm-hmm. throughout the conversation is really funny to me. Yeah. This this is this is the 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 Hogwarts magic mm-hmm. that I always want. The the like the mix of the the magical and the mundane uh uh at the forefront of the story. That stuff is always a ton of fun. Right. I don't know who these characters are anymore. I don't I don't get Hermione in this chapter. I don't really get Ron in this chapter. Harry is obviously just like as we say, he is the main character from Psych all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm supposed to take from this because, you know, I, I, Lord knows, like the the pensive stuff and the Horcruxes and 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 where we're going with all the Dumbledore stuff certainly isn't great, right? Mm-hmm. But this is such a weird chapter of like literally hitting the pause button on any forward momentum for. The, which and at this point i think that's harmful because like we don't actually know what that plot is still like we've had we've had two pensive chapters and harry still doesn't know what the point of it is ron ron, doesn't... ron points it out he's like yeah okay like interesting but why yeah uh why, why and, do we care and, and, and that like, sucks because that's also what i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 both ron and, and, and hermione kind of don't really have any theories to offer like the strongest thing ron says is like oh cool you'll oh is it hermione's is like oh you're gonna learn his weaknesses you're gonna find out that he's weak to fighting type or something I mean, like technically true right because because the conclusion of all of that is that is like here are here are voldemort's seven weak points yeah wow but but it's it's like like they have they have no theory like the miss like there is no sense of mystery being generated and perpetuated here Mm-mm. they just sort of both say well that's weird i don't know and then start fighting for the rest of the chapter yeah i guess the only other thing that ha- like comes up in this chapter is the mystery of malfoy calling in sick <laughs> yeah like, what what yeah again what's malfoy up to that's like the one like continuing thread that really shows up here again mm-hmm. i was so torn because the the experience harry has here of being caught in between two friends arguing. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's funny and relatable. And like there's there's like an awkward charm to that, right? Sure. Like there's the funny line about like, oh, he wished that he had thrown the 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 pod further away. So <laughs> he, he could have walked away for longer and not had to hear all this. But it's also such a and I keep going back and forth on this in my head of like whether or not this is like actually maybe some good characterization that I'm ignoring or not giving credit to, or if it is just as as dull as I find it, which is that it is so weird to me that his two best friends can be arguing so nastily in front of him. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but like he's he's not like not only are they are they arguing, but he knows that there's something more going on there that is like more romantic or whatever. And his only takeaway is like, damn, how does this affect me? Right. Yeah. Is that is that intentional? Is that supposed to be like, oh, Harry is just here is here here's Harry being selfish and, and like not, you know, helping his friends work through an argument or or something? Or is it just a, an oversight of the book itself, you know? It, it's surprising how internal he is about that. Like I I highlighted this part where he is like thinking to himself and we don't we don't get a lot of that. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that it only exists to explain to us that Ron and Hermione's fighting is is based on them liking each other, which yes. I think is like apparent enough um, only from like Ron being mad at the Slug Club stuff, but being pleased that Hermione wanted to ask him. Yes. But then but then Harry like exposits to the reader by having this like long thing where he's like, he and Cho were now too embarrassed to look at each other, let alone talk to each other. What if Ron and Hermione started going out together, then split up? Could their friendship survive it? Harry remembered the few weeks and he had not been talking to like and it like goes on and on. Um and it's like this weird moment where I'm like, oh, Harry's never that internal or like it, like explicit about the things that he's thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think it's just there to tell us that. And that and there are a few moments in this chapter where I, I feel like it like it's condescending to the reader. Like I get it. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. There there's several moments like that in this chapter. And I also think it is it, it is such a and we'll get to this further on in the chapter more in in depth but i think it is very funny that harry is so internal at the beginning of this chapter when the back half of this chapter uh relies on harry knowing that he is the pov character in this story intentionally withholds information from the reader for the sake of a twist yeah like like not only so we we get we get both we get like intentionally oversharing narrator harry and then we also get uh uh like we are intentionally blocked out of his internal life all of a sudden just so this twist with the felix felices can work that makes me so mad (laughs) i'm still i'm still really mad ron and hermione's relationship like like their 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 relationship is so unpleasant and uncomfortable to read because like i get that they're teenagers and teenagers are shitty and, and, and like don't say what they really mean and don't really know what they're really feeling sometimes right Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know that this stuff is is, like, messy, and it, like, for the sake of a story, like, this kind of needs to be, right? But going in with, like, the foresight, obviously, of having read this series before and knowing that they do end up together, and, like, this is what their relationship is based on, and how horrible Ron is as a character in the in this book, uh, just generally, and how and how frankly how horrible Hermione is too it's just it feels like watching a ship sink to me all right. these scenes like this is a slow disaster happening in front of me these two deeply incompatible people getting more and more unhappy as they get closer together and like that is a, that's a story right like that's an interesting story you can tell but it's not what this book is trying to be no this is i, I mean it's it's depressing and not fun for me to read only because that I, I know it's just it, it is taking uh, like honestly at the time that this book came out, what I still think are extremely dated and like mm. bad tropes about relationships and just like repackages them wholesale and like completely uncritically that I almost like it is almost not worth talking about it because it's almost like the Tom Riddle like psychopath stuff. It's like. What what do I even have to say other than, like, this relationship between characters and, like, the, f- the foundation of these romantic relationships? It, it goes completely unquestioned. Like, of, co- of course there would be this undercurrent of, like, cruelty and contempt between them, right? Because that's just how, how romantic relationships are. Um, <laughs> right. And it's like, 
it just like it sucks in a really like boring way that that has been tread like endlessly right like why is it in here yeah it it, it it's it is the most unpleasant version like presentation of the old like adage the like oh the opposites attract thing right mm-hmm. and the way that that with the way that manifests in so much fiction and honestly not even in fiction the way that manifests in, in so many people's real ideas about how relationships work where it's like oh they're super fucking angry and, and cruel to each other all the time but deep down they love each other right which is yeah which is a you know like there's a lot to unpack there better stories have have worked in that you know area and told more interesting stories either intentionally or unintentionally and and just like the uh um the tom riddle stuff it doesn't have the benefit of the doubt of being you know from a long time ago right like you can learn like like it's it's I, I like old 50s movies. Yeah. Uh, they're fun to watch and very interesting, oftentimes because they are so alien feeling in the way that they portray a human relationships, right? But that's also because they are from the 50s. And it's like, well, this was a very real thing then. Or, you know, this, this was a pervasive attitude then. Whereas here, it's like, why why is Ron behaving like the weird asshole from a 40s detective film? He has no reason to. Other than that, he is a a man in a story, I suppose, and and like that, it's just a bummer. I don't know. Like it, it's it's not interesting. I feel the same way reading this as I do when I like rewatch Die Hard, mm. and and specifically, I mean like the beginning of Die Hard, right? right. Mm-hmm. Like and just like seeing like the way he treats his ex wife, yeah, and is like ex- like extremely abusive towards her <laughs> and all that stuff. And I, and I'm not trying to be like. It's too too extreme about about the relationships in Harry Potter to to make that statement, but I'm just like, this is like ouch oof to me a little bit. It it Um, is. It's it's there is no there is zero playfulness in their relationship, mm -mm. which is a weird thing to say about two characters from a magical kids book, right? Right. (laughs) Like like zero spark of anything other than contempt between these two uh they they like the only reason that like i i i've picked up on that harry and or that excuse me that ron and hermione would feel anything for each other is like proximity right like they like he's the boy that she spends the most time with and she's the girl that he spends the most time with so obviously they're going to get married right which, which is lame uh and and and, i mean we have two two examples of two relationships that are that are budding in this chapter and there's no contrast between them they are both rooted in in like rage and and control right like controlling another person yeah uh yeah wow that's actually a really i'd not considered that but yeah, the the way that the Ginny Harry stuff that we'll get to eventually is also, uh, and oh god, the, oh it's all spiraling out of control for me now because now I'm also remembering the way that the way that Her- uh, Ron treats Hermione here mm-hmm. is exactly the same as the way that Ron treats his sister. Yeah, in a later scene, uh-huh. which is there's a lot to unpack there it's so it's so depressing and it's like 
it's depressing how predictable it is. And it's honestly like such a like b- both the, the weakness and strength of JK Rowling as a writer is this like ability to like repackage tropes and like and 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 things that are recognizable into into something that is like appealing to a mass audience right Mm -hmm. and and here's here's the weakness side of that right like it's just it's just repackaging and retreading these really like uh, depressing miserable ideas about relationships it's rough it's rough to read and 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 i don't i don't quite understand uh uh why it had to be this way, especially because there there are just there are little flashes of it that really do work for me, and like they're the smallest little things, but like I, the, like the, there is something characterful about Ron hating the Slug Club. Yeah, like like that that fits in his character. Him being snarky and cynical about that makes total sense. He is all you know. He is from a poor family. He is also like the kind of underdog sibling of that family. And and just f- feeling shut out is a thing that he has gone through constantly. I, I get that. Like that, mm-hmm. that is a very real. Yeah, and Hermione getting to like it, even though she knows better, is characterful for her because she yes. comes in as an outsider. She wasn't, you know, raised knowing about wizards and witches, and now she's being like kind of invited into the fold of this like weird elite jerk club and she yeah. kind of likes it a little and bit she, and she right? kind of likes it especially and it's especially telling because you know as we learned when we first met slughorn she's kind of there as like the token muggle-born right and like 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 oh like you know i'm not prejudiced here we have a very smart muggle-born here yeah uh and and she's sort of being used in that sense right uh-huh. and, and like she definitely is someone who probably does know better, but because it benefits her and it's fun, she is happy to go along with it, right? Like she's kind of uh-huh. selling out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So like, th- there, there. That is such. It is so disappointing that this, that like you have that excellent rift between these two characters. It's almost like that, like how good. I mean, like we 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 touched on this in book three, like the 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 um that like subplot of the Crookshanks and Scabbers stuff mm-hmm. and how that felt so much like a class divide between Ron and Hermione mm-hmm. and that coming up again here while they also are not recognizing or not saying their romantic feelings for each other is like so close to being so good. Right. I mean, I mean, that is such a, I mean, like obviously there should be conflict. It is a story, but, ha- yeah. but having them like have um like, like actual like believable affection between the two of them and then having this this material reasonable conflict get in the way of that exactly works so well yeah but instead i'm just like these two people hate each other they have they have they have such there's just like this vein of contempt between them yeah it's 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 tough because it 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 like you say, it doesn't feel like they have affection that is being like like forced apart by this very real difference between them. Mm-hmm. It feels like this is just another piece of firewood on like this already roaring fire of hate between them because we <laughs> right. like what when have they ever been affectionate or like pleasant with each other in this book? They fucking hate each other as far as we can tell at this point. Yep. It's a real bummer. And, and like you said, their their only connection is like proximity. Yeah, we've we have never heard 
or or even it, like it's never been hinted at what these two characters might like about each other. Mm-hmm. Like like at no point has Hermione said like, oh well, he's not book smart, but but Ron is really nice. He like she. Well, I'm for one, she's never said that because it's not true. But like we, we've we've not <laughs> we've not gotten anything like that. We've we, like Ron going like, damn, I uh, I like a lady who can hit me with a book or like we just don't know anything about either of their tastes other than like rom like girl uh hermione like boy right it's not interesting it's not deep it's just it's just a big old big old hate fest right yeah um it's not it's not fun to read um can i rewind for like really quick yeah because I I was going to bring this up as like the first thing in this whole chapter before we got to any of this. Um, but did you, did you highlight the line? Right, I think it's the second line of the chapter. Uh, the weekend's brutal wind had died out at last. The weird mist had returned. The weird mist returns. Hmm. Love See, is in the air. <laughs> it's a portent of the hate fucking that's about to <laughs> about to take place. <laughs> the Dementors are out there getting it on, being fucking miserable, but still banging each other out there. Right. And that's and yeah. that's what's that's what's gonna happen when Ron and Hermione get married. Exactly. <laughs> I just had to point that out. Yeah. I could I couldn't believe it. You can't say the weird mist. You can, because it's like, oh, I know that weird mist. I know the weird mist. I'm I know what familiar. that is. That's come. Yep. All right. Uh what's 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 next here? We've got Can you can you explain to me? I need something explained because uh, you know, sometimes in these this book I'm like, did I miss something? <laughs> Why are people mad at Harry recruiting Dean Thomas to play on the Quidditch team? Makes absolutely no I'm sense. I'm so at confused. All. I so, okay, it it would make it would make a lot more sense if Dean was a character we ever saw doing anything <laughs> or if we knew approximately anything about, like, the size of the houses and classes at the school. Because as far as I know, everybody on the Qu- Gryffindor Quidditch team is someone Harry knows because he's in Gryffindor. Right. Like, There's not that many people. Like yeah, there, 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 there's surely not that many people if they all share one common room. It can't be. It can't be that there's like you know you'll you'll just go days and days without seeing, uh, uh, uh all of the Gryffindor students. Yeah, I, I truly don't understand it. I don't know where the way that Dean is suddenly a character that we're just supposed to know is so funny here too. Like, like he is just like, Oh, oh I'll go ask Dean, you know, that character we hear from all the time, Dean Thomas. Oh, uh, the other Gryffindors aren't going to like it when Dean Thomas is on the team. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? yeah. And the, the, the weird thing about how like, Oh, uh, uh, p- people are pissed. Cause he's only picking people from his class. Like that maybe would have made sense with Ron, right? Like Ron, Ron and Harry are, are connected at the hip. Right. Harry's, Harry's picking his friends. He's not really being a, a, a fair captain. That I could understand. So sick of Harry's favoritism toward Dean Thomas. <laughs> so <laughs> sick of this. D- Dean Thomas gets all the breaks. He's always like, yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. I also don't understand. Like, I, I know emotions run high around school sports, right? Sure. 
But Seamus Finnegan just immediately throwing a physical hissy fit when Dean gets picked is Did so. Did he fu- want to be picked? I'm. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> Seamus is also in his class. What? Uh, Oh, Seamus, Seamus and Dean, those characters that we know and we, we know, we see all the time and, and God, they both really want on that Quidditch team. You got it. You got it. Your heart's got to break a little bit for Seamus here. Well, sure. I mean, that's one thing. But <laughs> if everyone's mad that it's like, oh, you pick Dean, he it's just because he's in your class. It's like Harry's like, Seamus, you're also in my class. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I don't under like is the implication that that's what Seamus like told everyone it was like, oh, he's only picking people from his class. Could have been me too, I guess. But it, it, it's so funny to see that, especially in a chapter where we're also getting so many of the like other Gryffindor names that were made up for the team being thrown around. Like, oh, what? poor Demelza. What? Yeah, Demelza. Poor Demelza got punched that, in well, the that's face. that's the other thing, is, like, it's not like the rest of the team is is people that are from his class. They're new names that we've never seen before, and he specifically picked someone else that wasn't Dean Thomas for that position. She's in the hospital. <laughs> and it's also not a character we ever really see around Harry. Complete nonsense. I just don't get it. I'm really confused. It feels like something was cut, and now I, I'm just, I don't get it. It feels so much like this chapter was uh, stretching for, like, any source of conflict. And so, like, that's why we're getting Ron and Hermione, like, more or less karate fighting in class. This is why we're getting Seamus furious that his best friend had something good happen to him. This is why everyone's mad that Harry is, uh, I guess, picking a ringer a week before the, <laughs> the it, yeah, it, it is. I don't understand why anyone's mad in this chapter. It's not like they were mad because they thought he did the wrong thing, right? They're not like, Oh, you should have, you should have gotten a uh, so-and-so name that we've never heard before. They were way better at tryouts. Yeah. No, like, there's none of that. Dean Dean is like the next on the list, right? Yeah, he was the second best at tryouts. Are there not reserves on the Quidditch team? Do you only <laughs> have one player in each position? I don't know. <laughs> Why did Malfoy have to pay someone? <laughs> what? Oh God. Hey, do you want to take do you want to take my star role on the Slytherin Quidditch team? Like, mm, it's like I'll pay you. <laughs> what? <laughs> so confused (sighs) yeah scraping the bottom of the barrel for things to praise here i do Mm. i do like harry as captain in this training in these training sequences okay but he has a little bit of da teacher harry vibe yeah like the part where um demelza gets like a broken nose or whatever and he's like i can fix that (laughs) like does does some magic and i'm like harry who are you yeah i don't know i'm just i'm like i said i'm scraping the bottom of the barrel to find anything here but i i i did like the part where where like Ginny back talked him and he had to like pretend not to laugh like that was that was pretty cute yeah sure i like him telling everyone like oh oh we're we're gonna beat slytherin after a really shitty practice like that stuff's that stuff's all right there's some cute little moments there then we got quite a fight on our hands. We've got another fight on our hands here between everyone versus everyone. This is well, this is the um, so we had Ron and Hermione, that was a classic 1v1. 
Yep. In like the sixth Pokemon game, they added doubles battles. Mm-hmm. Now we've got Harry and Ron versus Dean and Ginny. Right. And it's interesting to see how the different mechanics come into play here. It makes you think about your strategy a little bit deeper. Ab- absolutely. Um, Harry was kind of the, you know, he strategized. He didn't say much in the fight, but he was buffing Ron the entire time. <laughs> um, and, and, and also he had, he was, he was really kind of the shot caller because he thought like, oh, we can't, we can't let this fight go too long or Ginny's going to use her signature bad bogey hex. She's going to get enough mana. Um <laughs> And and hit us with that one, and and you don't want that. <laughs> what the fuck is this entire scene? Um, it's just it's like getting really mad about kissing. You know who's kissed who? We gotta we gotta hash all that out. We've really uh, we've really got to hash all that out. The this is something that has been bothering me a lot about the romance in the series in general, but like has really come to a head here. It is so. It gets more and more hilarious to me every time romance comes up, how people, the characters in this book are filled with such, like, white, hot, existential fury <laughs> over who is, That's is romance. kissing who. In a way, like, like we thought, for the Ron and Hermione stuff, we we're talking about, like, oh, this is, like, you know, uncomfortable, old uh, uh uh movies and stuff right uh mm-hmm. yeah. this to me feels more like like i'm reading like regency fiction mm. like oh you you can't you can't you can't uh shack up with with the uh, with the boathouse boy he will never provide a a, a strong heir <laughs> house house weasley needs strong needs a strong male heir uh like like you know like there's no there's the way that they are 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 freaking out about like uh uh each other's honor and stuff is so funny to me because it just it just feels like a completely different genre i because and i think what makes it so ludicrous is you know and granted this is because it's still a kid's book i'm not asking for it to get grimy in, in here but it is very funny to me that it is always about doing smooches just little kisses like that's as far as anyone will talk about with each other and it is it makes the heightened drama hilarious it's very funny because clearly like jk rowling had a brainstorming session is like what what do 16 year olds get upset about like being a virgin ron's gonna be upset that he's a virgin yeah but i gotta make it kiss it's gotta be a kissing virgin exactly (laughs) yeah the, the like the weird the, the 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 insults that are flying back and forth are like realistic in the sense that I understand what they are probably really talking about. Mm-hmm. But in the text are extremely funny to read because they just keep saying snogging and kissing. And it's like, okay, well, this is not Yeah, they, I mean they're getting into this like crazy blowout fight, and all that Ginny has to say is like, you are an inexperienced kisser, Ron. Even Harry's kissed Cho Chang. <laughs> One like one time, one time like a little <laughs> a little peck under the mistletoe, and said it was wet. It's really wet, yeah. Especially the, what what I especially don't understand about this one is Ron. Ron was about to call his sister a slut, right? Yes. Not great. No. But like, I would at least buy it as a characterful thing. Okay. If Dean hadn't been her boyfriend this entire book. 
Oh, you're kissing him? Yeah. You've been, you've been dating for like six <laughs> months and you kiss him? I can't believe this. Right. Like what? Like if, if it was like a different boy, if it was like, you know, because like at the beginning of this book, there was this whole thing where like Fred and George were leaning on Ginny being like, who are you dating now? And she was like, it's Dean. I'm dating Dean Thomas. And then like when they're on the train, she's dating Dean Thomas. All through this book, she's been dating Dean Thomas. So it's not like it's not like she's you know, bouncing around between, which to be clear would not be a problem, but like, I would at least buy a character like Ron noticing and, and disliking it. Right. Sure. But she's not even doing that. She's, she's kissing her boyfriend who we have known is her boyfriend since the end of the last book. The only reasonable like reaction that Ron could have is like, ew, I don't want to see this. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. This is weird. I don't want to think about my sister. Uh, dating like that's right. weird or, or, or like i don't know if he's really like so like defending her honor or whatever it's like can you like you need you should be you should be more private i don't know does he not like dean well we don't and well dean got picked for the quidditch team and <laughs> nobody liked that yep. <laughs> i don't know what the problem with dean why is why do we not like dean now <laughs> it, yeah this whole thing is insane but the yeah, I, 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 like, this just really cements, like, this is a really hateful chapter. I think oh, yeah. that is what is so disappointing about this, because, like, at, like the at least, like, broadly, the aesthetics of what is going on in this chapter is something I really like. I like a good, I like a good teen drama. I like yeah. a good romance. Uh, I like a good dumb, like, you know, I don't like Quidditch itself, but I have enjoyed the, like, representation of like team spirit around quidditch in these books before yeah i like luna's weird hat yeah yeah no i, I all like that every- stuff is cute yeah i i like the, i like the school spirit stuff like like that that is all a lot of fun but it has never carried this deep-seated rage in it that this chapter just has all the way through and it's just really not fun to read um, can we talk about Harry's um monster awakening? What what's going what's on? What's the deal? What's the what's, deal? What Joe? what is the deal here? You know, this made me think of a post I read Ooh. a long time ago. I there's love no posts. there's no way I can find it again, and it was kind of nothing at the time, but it comes back to me now. And it was people on the Harry Potter subreddit discussing the Cormoran Strike books. And how they were like, yeah, the first book is pretty good. Um, And then the later couple books become more about the romance between the protagonist and the lady right Mm -hmm. and and so and it was and it was strange and it kind of stuck out to me as a post in the like uh, at the time because most of the stuff that's on the harry potter subreddit is like fawning over jk rowling constantly right yeah yeah. like this like almost like she wrote this like transcendent series that is harry potter but most of the posts were like kind of critical of corman strike and then and this one in particular was like as soon as it got to the romance the books got a lot less good because jk rowling is bad at writing romance and that makes me wonder if those books are like the romance in those like adult 
detective novels are written like the romance between Harry and Ginny because it is bonkers insane. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it still would not elevate it to good, but at least if these were characters yelling about who's fucking each other, I would at least understand the, like, heightened drama of it, right? It is so funny here how jk how because he really does feel like she she wrote a romance for a like gritty detective novel Mm -hmm. and then just like transplanted it into her school book right like yeah it it really does not feel uh um i i like i don't understand why harry who you know we like we goof on harry like kind of not being a character all the time um but i think broadly we know that harry is like uh nice he like you know he's he's he can be kind of a jerk but like he he does the right thing most of the time he is um a little dull but not stupid he's like unobservant right um like like there there is a there is like a a a a mushy but like real character in harry sure that you can latch on to the idea that like when he sees a pretty girl uh like animal i have become starts playing in his head (laughs) is so fucking funny to me like it why he he just suddenly becomes so like angry alpha which is so not him like even even though he is kind of a jockey character, he is he has never been like the the like angry, out of control of his own emotions like alpha male about girls. And it is so funny that every every time in this series that he has like seen a pretty lady, it's been like he's being puppeted by a by a monster all of a sudden, and like that's how it's even called out in the text. It is called out that way multiple times in some of the most bizarre passages, I think, describing Harry's interior life that I think can exist in this book. Like, uh, let me find. (sighs) It was as though something large and scaly erupted into life in Harry's stomach, clawing at his insides. Hot blood seemed to flood his brain so that all thought was extinguished, replaced by a savage urge to jinx Jadine into a jelly. <laughs> he wants a to sudden murder. a sudden madness. It it's so weird that like this is the way he's written because like I don't know like I'm I am not against having a a, a love triangle here or a, like a jealousy story here, but why is his his response like he wants to murder Dean and not like I don't know like sadness like like or like it's it's weird that his his response. As a character who has, like, never really been that um, aggressive outside of, I guess, a couple chapters ago where he chokeslammed Mundungus. Wow. I guess guess this is just developing, huh? But um, he's, I don't know, like, his, these reactions being attributed to something other than himself constantly is so strange. The monster was roaring its approval of Ron's words, and then later, but unbidden into his mind came an image of that same deserted corridor with himself kissing Ginny instead. Dot dot dot. The monster in his chest purred. That's so creepy. 
I'm creeped out by that. It's scary. He, yeah, he's like, this, this is like the first chapter of a serial killer novel where you see it from the killer's perspective. Is it the Horcrux? Hmm. Uh, I'm did so Harry torn. Get, did Harry get Voldemort's like horny levels? Is that the part of the soul that he got? Yeah. So here's here's I've I've been thinking about this because I I've I I've been reading some like put some posts online as well. Mm. Yeah, I love posts. I love posts. Uh, specifically about the like the Mundungus scene, the way he reacts there. Right. Right. Sure. And everyone who defends it points out that like oh like harry has a he has the, the the voldemort horcrux in him and okay the more and like that that is true and that is something I, that i think we 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 both didn't consider in that chapter uh i i certainly never thought about that um however I think that that if that really truly is intentional, like oh Harry is angry and and like monstrous sometimes now because he has the Horcrux. I think that if that is the answer, I think that's fucking lame. That's so that's such a boring cop out. Like having all of your characters' extreme emotions be just because he has he has the one ring or whatever, right? Like you can't that 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 destroys character building you can't have a character fully fleshed out if for three books as he becomes a teenager every negative emotion he feels is the fault of something not him you know like that sucks and i also just don't think that i i i I kind of don't think that that is the actual answer i think that even if it was i think one you're right it sucks and two I think it doesn't work when you introduce a problem like that if you're not going to make it a problem with consequences. Right. Nobody calls him out. No one is disturbed. No relationships are affected. Mm -hmm. And in fact, like in this particular case, just knowing what we know about how the story moves forward, this um, attraction that he has to Ginny, which is triggered solely by his desire to control her. That he feels like, I mean, he say, he says that explicitly. Like, I feel entitled to her because we lived together over the summer. Yeah. Um. And and how could she do this to me? And on and on. But they get married, and they have kids. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it it would be one thing if this was like, oh, this like to- this like toxic evil like Voldemort thing is like affecting the way I act. Um. And it, it's ruin it's ruining my relationships. It, it, it's like a problem that's being introduced into the story. But it isn't, you know, right. like the, like the Mundungus thing. Obviously, Hermione is like is very upset, but it doesn't affect their relationship. He doesn't have this reaction like, oh, like who? Why did I do that? Right? Why did I have this extreme reaction? That's not who I am. Right. None of that's explored. Yeah. He, he, at no point does he. It, it's like it's like half of a. It, it doesn't even make it all the way to being like a clumsy mental illness story. Right. right. Like like if this if if the horcrux was supposed to be like a metaphor for having, you know, some sort of uh, uh, mental illness that makes you lash out or, you know, an anger problem or any anything like pick pick one, right? Like there are so many of versions of this already fairly rote story, right? Uh-huh. Uh you would at least want that to 
not just like like that th that doesn't absolve the character right like you don't just find out oh you have the horcrux oh well that the, all of my feelings are are fake done <laughs> like like right story over um that's not how that works uh uh and and so i i i take a fairly dim view of of just like sweeping all of all of his like weird negative behavior under the rug by saying oh it's the horcrux because if it is it's like one i think if it is that's boring uh and if also if it is supposed to be that it doesn't even do the bare minimum of uh of like addressing that as a character building and and uh story affecting thing right Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and if he's not going to react to it or or have any consequences for it being from from his like actions being uh, like you said, like puppeted around. um, It's really boring when a character takes an action and they don't know why. Like, it's just like it is completely alien and outside of themselves. I know I talked about this a long time ago during the Basilisk fight where it's like it's like anytime Harry has to take an action for the plot, but you can't like the story can't come up with like a believable motivation that he would do it. It right. is always described as him like it's as if like something like out of his control, <laughs> like possessed his body and made him do something. Yeah. I think the phrase as if possessed comes up multiple times in this series. Yeah, and it's like and it's like now it's like okay, we need Harry to have this believable romance with Ginny. So it's got to be like an alien monster inside of him. He can't explain it. He doesn't understand like it's it's completely out of his control that he would he would act this way. And it's so weird because it feel it, like it feels like the story does recognize that and tries to give us something like that but ends up giving us something way more insane and uncomfortable with his like, oh, it's brotherly. It's I'm, so I'm... Cur it's so fucking cursed. He's yeah. like, oh, I hope I just feel this like rage and entitlement toward like her body and her autonomy because I feel like her brother. What the fuck? Don't like I hate that so much. <laughs> it's so dark. Yeah, it, it, it's really weird because it, it, it's at this point, I feel like. Like, I, you know, like, like I, I understand that, you know, you're writing a teen romance. Teens aren't very aware of their emotions sometimes uh, or like have a hard time, you know, grokking what they what they're really feeling, like what's really bothering them, blah, blah, blah. I feel like Harry probably knows why he likes Ginny and why he feels this way around Ginny. Uh, number one, they spent a long time together over the summer and did and they share the same hobbies. Mm -hmm. Uh, two, uh, she is a cute redhead, uh, who is a year younger than him. Uh, three, that she is good at the sport that he likes. Yep. Uh, four, uh, she owns people with funny jokes all the time around oh, him. Oh, hell yeah. Harry loves that. He loves it when people get owned. And it's like, it's, it shouldn't be a fucking mystery at this point. Like, like, <laughs> he's, he, Harry is noticing Ginny all the time. Uh, and granted, you know, as part of Ginny Watch, I will say Ginny is appearing more than I remembered, yeah. um, uh, a lot more and like in ways that make a little bit more sense to me on like why Harry would like her, uh -huh. but it is, I feel like it is absurd to be at this point, uh, where Harry sees, uh, this, this, this girl who, uh, you know, likes all the same things as him 
and is funny and cool and nice to him uh kissing someone else and he gets mad and he convinces himself like oh it's because i'm her brother what the fuck what's going on my man i it it just there's such a more reasonable plot with all of these elements that you could construct here like it, it is like none of the things that like happen are that weird like ron being not liking dean because he's dating his sister is a little suspect, but like whatever, teen drama stuff, and then Harry realizing way earlier, like, oh, I have a crush on Ginny, and then taking like this honorable way out, like, I'm not gonna do anything because I want Ron like my friendship with Ron is more important. But then to have Harry see like Ginny kissing Dean, already knowing that he likes her and being like, Oh, that makes me really upset. That's all fine. Yeah. That's like, okay, great. Yeah, that's 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 a story I can I can feel for Harry in that situation. I mean, like it's so weird because it even it even touches on that. Like we we get one paragraph where we get the like reasonable version of this story, right? Which is where <laughs> where he says she's Ron's sister. Harry told himself formally, uh, firmly, Ron's sister. She's out of bounds. He would not risk his friendship with Ron for anything. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like he feels like this is a weird. This would be a weird like boundary to cross right sure i get it that's that makes sense and then it just gets bonkers from there yeah i mean there is a really reasonable story here and it just turns the dial like way way too high right yeah yeah and the yeah it's 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 grimy it's not fun it makes none of the characters look all that good except you know what good Ginny. Ginny, uh, Ginny can do what she wants, and and she should curse Ron. Uh, that's yeah, <laughs> he deserves it. Also, Dean, fine. Yeah, I like cool Dean. Guy. I like Dean. As far as I know, I really like Dean. I don't really know <laughs> what his character is or what he does, but he se- he seems like he's good at Quidditch. He seems very nice. Uh, he seemed yeah. he seemed uh, uh, very pleasant and and grateful when Harry think, offered I him. I think we know he's good at drawing. That's pretty. Oh, cool. that's right. We yeah. love Dean. Dean's cool. Thank you, Dean. Um, but yeah, the the uh Oh, that's the other thing. Wait, hang on. Let me what what's the other thing we know about I let me I can't remember if this is Dean or another minor character. Uh This was a This was a thing that um JK Rowling said a long time. Oh yeah, Dean Thomas would be a Jedi. Ah, I what, love Dean. Yeah, he's a Star Wars fan. He, uh, that that was what. Yeah, J.K. Rowling told us that that uh, D- uh, Dean Thomas was a was a Star Wars fan. She wouldn't put it past him to identify as a Jedi on the because there was that. Remember, there was that whole thing. I don't know if you, if you knew this in in England, you can like put whatever you want on the census for religion, and there's like this goofy like like prank that we're like we're gonna get enough people to make jedi like an officially recognized religion oh, in the yeah. uk yeah. and she was like oh yeah dean would probably do that like that's, that's seem- really cool that's really cool that um jedi uh people who identify as jedi can be at hogwarts and not wiccans <laughs> not wiccans <laughs> that jedi absolutely compatible with harry potter magic wiccans mm-mm. Mm-mm. no mm-mm. sir oh <sighs> and this is it god i feel like i feel like i just ran a marathon going through all the like Ginny romance stuff but we still have more Hermione stuff to get to oh yeah um but uh I guess I guess we also have the big game that's the most important thing we have the big game and Harry's epic plot 
I'm so mad. <laughs> I am. I am so angry. You cannot do this. <laughs> this is. I, this is uh, call, calling a foul on this plot. You can't do this. We can't. You. I've. I've spent um like six and a quarter books with Harry, and I cannot. I cannot abide him being an unreliable narrator for one chapter. Half of one giving chapter. us giving us imperfect information as the reader to to reveal this extremely stupid twist. <laughs> you can't, I can't I can't handle it. I understand the idea was very exciting. So it can't be Harry, Harry can't do this plot. No, Hermione this, should have done this plot. This, this is, doesn't make any sense. It, this this is something for Hermione to do. Hermione. This is a Hermione Joker plot. Or L in Death Note. This is right. every Death Note episode. Yes, um, which sounds great. Yeah, I, like that. When you say it like that, I'm like, I should like this. But it, it I mean, it just doesn't reach those heights, you know. Um, but so yeah, so they come down to breakfast. Ron, Ron has been a, a, a moody little bastard ever since these yep. pra- these practices have been going poorly. Um, oh, did you? This part was crazy to me. Mm. Um. Uh, where, God, where was it? Uh, the so so as far as we know so far in this chapter, everyone is fucking pissed at Harry for putting Dean on the team. Yeah, so mad. Uh, but then breakfast was the usual excitable affair. The Slytherins hissed and booed loudly, loudly as every member of the Gryffindor team entered the hall. Harry glanced at the ceiling and saw a clear bu- uh, pale blue sky, a good omen. The Gryffindor table, a solid mass of red and gold, cheered as Harry and Ron approached. <laughs> Harry grinned. At- so do they not care now? They're like, oh, well, t- today's game day. So I know I no longer care that Harry is uh, putting Dean on the team <laughs> and all his friends. <laughs> This is unreliable narrator Harry, so maybe everyone was like whispering about something else. Like maybe Harry had some like toilet paper stuck to his shoe, <laughs> and, he, and they were like, "Does everyone see that Harry has toilet paper stuck to his shoe?" And they're not telling him, and he's like passing by, and he's like, "They must be mad that I invited Dean Thomas on the team because he's in my class." <laughs> well, yeah. people said worse things about me, but really that wasn't what it was. Yeah, then, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, Harry, Harry has actually been in unreliable narrator mode this entire time. Harry, Harry, you know, he has that problem. He worries everything is about him. But really, they were just like whispering about like, oh, did you, did you, have you heard that new Weird <laughs> Sisters single? Pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. So, yeah. so Harry and Ron, they go to breakfast and then Harry very weirdly starts offering him drinks, which is a thing he, we've never, I mean, granted, I guess we don't see every breakfast with them, but like Harry has never been this like doting on ron i love this idea though that every like since the very first day at school every breakfast harry just like is like let me pour you a glass of pumpkin juice that's really nice god wouldn't that be sweet if that's what anyone's relationship was like in this book if if anyone had any affection (laughs) for each other at all in this series ron let me get this for you (laughs) i can pour you a glass of pumpkin juice anyone want some pumpkin juice that's so nice dean can I get you some pumpkin juice? <laughs> oh, Harry's always pouring pumpkin juice for his friends and not us. <laughs> it's only pouring pumpkin juice for people in his class. Oh, God, I hate that. He's so, so selfish. Um, 
So then, so he, he he's offering Ron all these drinks. Ron is grumpy. He's taking a bite of his toast. Uh, but then Hermione shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Harry, the fucking brain genius that he is, knows that things are contentious between Ron and Hermione, but not right. not too contentious that she wouldn't show up to sit near uh-huh. them. Yeah. Um, before the big game, uh, and. Harry, I guess it says a few minutes later, but Harry, I guess, has been spending a few minutes pouring Ron drinks. Very mm-hmm. kind of him. Um, <laughs> and uh, we don't see it, but Hermione does. He flashes right. the Felix Felicis at her. Uh-huh. And she says, don't drink that, Ron. And And Harry very obviously puts the puts the felicis back in his i i'm trying to extrapolate what i i think is actually happening here because the book does not like give any hints to this at all right uh we we only get the conversation between uh hermione and harry here this this is where i started to go insane uh when Hermione looked scandalized, bending uh-huh. so low that only Harry could hear her. She hissed, "You should be expelled for that." I've never, I'd have never believed it of you, Harry. Then Harry says, "Hark, who's talking?" He whispered <laughs> back, confounded. Anyone? Where did Harry pick up this Shakespearean twist to his language? I so I do have that highlighted, and I was I I was going to ask you if that's like bizarro world british slang that i didn't know like are, are is that is that what people say hark who's talking i mean it's it's a correct phrase in the same right, way that, like yeah, calling people milady throw- would be <laughs> are people throwing that around a lot i yeah no i did never pegged harry for someone who would say hark who's talking he thinks the lady doth protest too much, Hermione. Is that the, what he's doing? I, maybe, maybe he's putting in. I don't know. I, Where'd I he get that? Avid reader of uh, of you know Shakespearean literature, Harry Potter. Yeah, he's always at breakfast, pouring everyone pumpkin juice and catching up on on Shakespeare. Maybe the Half Blood Prince writes like that, and he's because you know that's the book he's been reading for six months on end. Maybe. I mean, yeah, absolutely Snape would say, Hark, who's talking? <laughs> there we go. Okay. new. This has been smoothed over for me now. Perfect. New, new headcanon. Snape wrote that, and he's copying him. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so, oh, and there was also this line, which, again, just an undercurrent of, of hatred and rage in this chapter. Yeah. Hermione had never really understood what serious business Quidditch was. Yeah. Stupid girl doesn't know how important the sports are. Right. Oh, there's not. It's not only that. Harry keeps on saying the word luck around Ron, saying like, "Boy, isn't that luck?" Like he wants Ron to notice, right? Like, like that's the whole thing. He wants Ron to think that he put the Felix Felicis in. He also wanted Hermione to see it so she'd notice, so Ron would notice. Uh, and he also wanted Ron to be okay with that. And I guess he knew Ron would be okay with that. Because he's just such a, a mind reader. And then uh, Malfoy doesn't show up, which is a, a piece of real luck that doesn't have anything to do with the feeling. I feel like my brain is like, I can feel it draining out of my spine right now, like going through my notes here. 
I, I will tell you the part, because you said you started to go crazy at Hark Who's Talking. Yeah. And I started to go crazy. I was like, I was like, whatever. Okay, we're doing the Quidditch game. And I went crazy when he said, Oi, Harper, how much did Malfoy pay you to come on instead of him? He did not know what made him say it. Excuse me? How do you not know what makes you say that? Like, what? He did not know what made him say that. He did not know what made him say that. Oh. It was like the does he does he wanna does he wanna kiss Urquhart as well? Is that what it is? He's I like, don't get it. I don't, I'm so confused, honestly. Harry just doesn't know where he gets all these all these uh, crushes and cool lines. Why did Malfoy have to pay this guy? Why did that work? Why who like this is this is sports and and they they this is a sports game. Where right. a, a dedicated kind of player in the sports game uh-huh. is someone who smacks a, like, solid leather ball at you trying to yeah. kill you. Uh-huh. And the thing that really, but the thing that really unseats this, this other seeker is uh, someone saying, hey, where did you get that stupid uh, broom, asshole? Right. Who, yeah. I mean, who it's paid like, you, jerk? Like, wh- how? What? Right. And it, I mean, it's not as if this is a weakness that we know that this character has because we've never seen him before, <laughs> ever. Oh, Harper. Yeah, Harper. You know, he's a good player, but he just gets really in his own head, and, and like, if if he gets jeered, he, you know, he'll he'll lose his nerve. We know that about him. No, we don't know this guy. <laughs> who is Harper? Who is Harper? How much should Malfoy pay you to be in this book? Or is so scandalized by the insinuation that he has paid to be there. Oh, we know that because Harper is so honorable and it's like he would never take <laughs> he a would never. I would never take money from Malfoy to play Quidditch. Right, yeah. Then Hermione bursts into the changing room and she's like, Harry, you put Felix Felicis in Ron's drink. The, spite- the cops are here to arrest you. <laughs> the... the- I can't believe you've done this. And then Harry gives his incredible, like, end of the psych episode explanation of everything. And, like, this this is where my vision started to blur and I nearly passed out and, yeah. and started reciting tongues. Uh-huh. No, I didn't, said Harry, turning back to face them both. Yes, you did, Harry. That's why everything went right. There were Slytherin players missing, and Ron saved everything. I didn't put it in, said Harry, grinning broadly. He slipped his hand inside his jacket pocket and drew out the tiny bottle that Hermione had seen in his hand this morning. It was full of golden potion, and the cork was still tightly sealed with wax. I wanted Ron to think I'd done it, so I faked it when I knew you were looking. He looked at Ron. You saved everything because you felt lucky. You did it all yourself. I feel like you're reading an imagine to me. (laughs) Like, really, I do. This is Matt Damon telling us about his cool friend, Howard Zinn. (sighs) Like a more omniscient POV, you could make this work, I suppose. Sure. Or like an episode of a cartoon on Nickelodeon. (laughs) Right. Okay. That is the part. That that it drives me crazy about this is that this is 
this is the plot of I think one episode of every cartoon ever made. This this is up there with I love Game of Thrones, but did you ever think it was fucking hilarious in Game of Thrones that the first big epic uh uh brain genius move that Tyrion mm. ever did was getting three different people in a room at different times and telling them each a different piece of information to find out who was leaking information so yes (laughs) yes i agree with you but also that was so fun yeah in that in that i I mean it was uh, it doesn't make any sense but it was really fun this is not fun in that way (laughs) i don't think (laughs) well first of all like like it works for Tyrion. like it's like it's silly and like that's been done in like every espionage story ever right but it works because Tyrion is Tyrion. he's a fun character to read and that is who he is he is he is the like the genius observant mind reader guy. Uh-huh. Harry Potter doesn't know why a dragon appears in his stomach every time he sees a pretty redhead. <laughs> there is uh-huh. zero chance that he is one tenth as observant as he would need to be to pull off this Columbo plan. Right. Harry doesn't know anything about people. No. Harry does not have thoughts or feelings about how his friends behave, and he certainly could not puppeteer them into this perfect plan the way he did here. It's unbelievable. I I think it's also pretty rough, only because I think that Hermione and Ron, according to my vision of their characters, which are unstable at best... (laughs) would do not act this way, right? My what I think it would be most likely in this circumstance is that Hermione would tell a teacher because that is what she has done in every other circumstance like this. Mm-hmm. That is that is how she acts every time, especially about Quidditch, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. she just has no consequences, right? Like it's just sports and she doesn't get sports cuz she's a stupid girl. <laughs> um but she probably does care uh, because she's a cop about someone taking like performance enhancing drugs right, right? <laughs> ron and- has been in his feelings the whole time i'm going to quit i suck i'm the worst oh you think i have to take drugs to be on the team like yeah. instead he was like oh cool you drugged me <laughs> yeah. right on no level does this make any sense and it's it it's the 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 only thing i can grasp onto here is like a like what does this mean what what is this supposed to tell us about harry as a character at this moment is that it's like oh some of that like dumbledore genius magic is rubbing off on harry which doesn't really work because obviously you know like i don't think harry ever behaves like this again i I, like i don't think harry like concocts more genius plans that require intensely personal reads on other characters ever again i would almost like for like i i I, there's a vision of this chapter i have where harry sees that ron and hermione are fighting Mm -hmm. he hates it because he loves his friends so much Right. And he thinks like, damn, who what's something I can do to to solve all my problems at once? Oh, I'm going to try this like goofy ass Dumbledore plan. I I know my friends. Uh, and then it all goes wrong, right? Like Hermione does go to the teacher instead of doing what he expects. 
uh ron does get upset that he thinks harry drugged him instead of uh uh being like oh cool thanks for drugging me harry you're my captain haha <laughs> um and like he, it just sort of all blows up in his face and he was like you know he was trying to do something nice but like just misread the entire situation like it, that's the salvageable version of this i think yeah it's like and he's like oh shucks i guess it's not as easy to be dumbledore as i thought exactly yeah like oh i guess that's why you're the you're the dumbledore and i'm the i'm i'm the quidditch guy <laughs> That's why you're the spy master and I'm the 16-year-old. <laughs> I guess that's why you're in charge of what movie we watch at our lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to watch West Coast Customs, but I guess this is cool too. <laughs> oh god. I guess the other version of that could be that he's getting it from from the the potions book. Like it, like if Snape wrote like his version of like how to win friends and influence people oh, in there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good option too. Yeah, like like Snape, like the Half Blood Prince is he's, he's written his like pickup artist guide in the margins <laughs> of his book. It's like here, here's how here's how you manipulate people. Here's how to set them yeah. up before you knock them down. That would also kind of work, maybe. But uh, yeah, I mean, because Harry wants to be, because Harry thinks it's his dad. <laughs> Harry thinks the book this is his book dad. is my dad. <laughs> the book is my dad now. The, I would let the book pick which movie we went to see. Right, exactly. <laughs> I wish this book would take me to a movie. <laughs> I wish this book would take me to Ford versus Ferrari. That is, oh my god. That those were words of power. I feel. <laughs> Harry wants to go see Uncut Gems, but the book is like, no, we're gonna go see the movie about the cars. Your dad is taking you to the car movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, so that all works, and and I it, can't believe there's more. To, I'm yeah, like, that, okay, that's it. <laughs> like nope because then of course in the after part after harry is like successfully owned everyone with his cool move mm -hmm. ron immediately starts making out with lavender brown uh harry is pissed off that dean exists still uh ron, ron ron's cool he's he's cool now he he won one i love that like winning one quidditch game is just like your ticket to like eternal glory at this and like that's maybe like like that that's maybe fair but it is really funny how fast everything changes here well i hope dean is also um celebrated no he's not because because oh. because jenny even comes over to say some cool stuff to harry about ron Ugh. but dean dean was the dean did it dean scored some goals i think D he yeah he was a, he's a successful chaser he scores some goals everyone loves him now but uh, but what's more important is that Ron is making out with Lavender and Ginny comes over and says, it looks like he's eating her face, doesn't it? Said Ginny just passionately. But I suppose he's got to refine his technique somehow. Good game, Harry. I'm frowning. I'm making a big frowny face at that one. Frowning at that. <laughs> Angry. Angry. Don't like that. Um, I do. I will say that there is on some distant distant level again scraping the bottom of the barrel here i kind of like that ron like ron like jenny was like you've never kissed anyone and ron was like i'm gonna kiss someone like i think that's kind of cute <laughs> yeah 
Yes, like like the. I gotta get a kiss. There's there's a there's a version of this story where everyone is maybe five to ten degrees less incensed with each other all the time. Where right. this is like a funny payoff, right? Yeah. Where like Ginny's like, haha, you never kissed anyone, and Ron like gets like kind of like flustered and not like physical violence level rage. Uh, right. Where, yeah. Where like this is a cute payoff. Yeah. And then later, like, like that's, I mean, I think that that's a good way of like showing that the characters are getting older. And it's like in this moment where, where Ron is being celebrated for, for winning the big game, he's like, I'm going to get a kiss. Yeah. Cause he's like excited. And yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's, that's kind of cute. Yeah. That, that works. He, he, he kind of sticks it to his sister a little bit, but also like gets it, you know, gets, does something for himself finally. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's funny. Like, again, would be very charming if they hadn't, like, come to physical blows over this three pages <laughs> earlier. And especially with this end cap of Hermione's reaction, which is to spec into being a summoner class. Yes. And and shooting birds at him over it. <laughs> what the- Cool image, I guess. Is it? But, well- I mean, I mean, no, I'm like, it's, it's movie, it's movie. We're back to yes. like, this was written to be oh, in, yeah. in the movie, right? Like, wow, epic, epic move, Hermione. But it just like, it takes, it takes the human feelings out of it. It's too focused on her shooting birds at him, which is a crazy reaction. And he, and he should be upset. Like, you assaulted me with birds. We're, we're like, physically fighting each other now. But it's just there as, like, this epic movie moment. So, yeah, I hate it. That's the- I'd rather her just be sad. Yeah. And have, and have that be a character-building moment for her and Harry and their friendship and relationship. This is so... It's actually really funny. And I'm not trying... Like, I don't want to get too deep with it about the movies because we haven't watched them. Mm-hmm. But I think that this scene feels catered toward being like a cool epic moment for the film and it sucks and then i think that there is a scene in deathly hallows one and it's the one where harry and hermione are dancing together that is made just for the movie and isn't in the book and is a great moment yeah that is like one of the moments i remember best from that movie and actually being really good like they just like a really sweet moment, I think. Yeah, is what I what I remember from it. Yeah, like who who knows? Maybe we'll get there and it'll suck ten years later. But like I remember that. I remember being blown away in the theater when I saw that because mm-hmm. it's the only time ever in any of those fucking movies that like characters just get to share a moment, mm-hmm. right? Like and like that's it. There's no dialogue. No one turns to the camera and says, and this is what this means. It's just like the actors get to act for a second, you know, and you get to feel, emo- you have to feel something. Right. And I remember Daniel Radcliffe be- like putting on a very charming performance and they're like kind of goofy and they're like having fun with each other. And I'm like, oh, these characters like each other. Uh, not at all in the book. Um, but th- but this is like a good, op- like I-, I think a good example of an opportunity for a moment like that because all the pieces are in place. Hermione and Harry are together. Harry understands, like gets why Hermione is upset. But instead it becomes the epic bird attack. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. And, it- and it's really um, violent 
too. And that's the part that I don't like really understand is that like it, it, there's the imagery is funny, right? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like broadly, like, oh, she's got. Although I, I the part that confused me, I think the, the reason I'm like really confused about this overall is because the canaries to me canaries spinning around a character's head like that's like the cartoon language for like they got bonked on the head right like they're 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 dazed Uh and so i don't know what exactly the like the like like what is the gag like what's the subtext here like it was it or is it just that like well they were learning to summon birds earlier and so now she's summoning birds to shoot at him like it it doesn't it it, it's an opportunity for a very interesting visual metaphor that becomes something else immediately you know like if if, it's kind of interesting but it's like it's all kind of jumbled up because you're right obviously like the canaries flying around your head are uh, like shorthand for you know being bonked on the head or whatever which fits right yeah. like she saw them making out and it was like she got bonked on the head right um but at the same time i think it also has some kind of like evil sorceress <laughs> kind of vibe yeah. like the fact that they're described as like orbiting her head like the solar system mm-hmm. and that she then uses them violently and also we know from earlier that they're like extremely difficult like nobody else in the class can even summon a feather but she can just like create these birds it's just like it, it's it's all jumbled up and then it feels like it ends up meaning nothing but it is like loaded and and like very um like striking imagery like i can picture it yeah it's very visual i just don't know what it means it's just it's just so like like extreme it says like they claw at every bit of flesh they can reach it's really like you can this is some bonus episode content stuff, but you you said you know you've been you've been playing The Witcher, yeah. This is something I expect from Yennefer. Like she shoots birds through people's heads. That's cool as hell. Yeah. It's a little yeah. weird when Hermione does it. I, I mean, it's it's really it's really strange. It feels like um, when Willow becomes evil in Buffy. Oh like, yeah, but it's like that, but almost like turned down because it's like. You know, Hermione's not like flaying him alive or anything, but it still is very violent. Yeah, and they are canaries. Uh, it, it's just, it's so strange. It's it's very it's a very weird image to close a very weird chapter out on. I feel, and, yeah, and and it's sort of it like I think for me it just really is emblematic of like, uh, every every subplot in this chapter is a missed opportunity. I think. Um, like we said, I think that the Felix Felicis stuff leaves much more interesting stories on the table. The Ron, the Harry and Ginny stuff leaves much more interesting ideas on the table. Mm-hmm. Hermione and Ron leaves much more interesting ideas on the table. And also Harry and Hermione, like you said, like there, there's a real opportunity here for Harry to show any level of tenderness to Hermione at all, which has mm-hmm. never happened in this book. They are friends because of proximity. We don't know how they feel about each other. Uh, you know, Harry could comfort her while birds keep flying around her head. And it's like awkward and kind of funny and sad. Right. No, that doesn't happen. She shoots birds at, at Ron. Uh, it, it's just every, you know, a lot of chapters in this book feel like missed opportunities, especially the pensive stuff. 
But this one is so weird because I think nearly every single one of these like plot points has been done better in Harry Potter before. And also it's a little sad because I feel, you know, I'm like the clock's ticking on like Hogwarts. (laughs) Right. We're halfway through book six out of seven. And in most of book seven, we're not at Hogwarts. Like the, the (laughs) we're running out of teen drama time. And it's a bummer to read a chapter that like should be 100% good time CW Riverdale drama. Right. And it just kind of drops each one of them unceremoniously. Yeah, and it's all just kind of nasty and not really in a fun way. Right. It's just hateful. I I feel bummed that all these characters have to... Yeah, like, 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 yeah, bringing up that scene from the Deathly Hallows movie... Is so perfect because hmm. you only need one or two of those to like you get a, you can get a lot of mileage out of a scene like that, right? I don't think we've ever gotten a single thing like that in any of these books. I, and I, it's moments like that that make moments of conflict feel sad or feel like they matter. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, I I only care that Ron and Hermione are fighting if I am inve- invested in their relationship at all. And right. they've been horrible to each other for like four books in a row at this point. So it's kind yep. of a big shrug. Yep, pretty much. And I and I also just can't take this um like I, I can't take the rubber banding back and forth from like serious dark story and like cartoon logic. Yeah. It's yeah, it it's it's uh it this feels like some of the worst habits of Order of the Phoenix coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because that was that was a thing that we noted a lot of the time in Order of the Phoenix chapters is that it kept on ping ponging between like very serious post war or you know like pr- I guess pre war drama at that point and wacky wacky cartoon hijinks and just it could never marry those in an interesting way, right? Um, and we're back to that now. Yep. Well, we've run super long on this one, but I think this was a good this is a good chapter to kind of go in on because there's just so. There's so much going on here. I mean, like, it's all deeply nasty and, and, and un- like, <laughs> yeah. unpleasant, but there's a lot here, right? Like, there's a lot yeah. to unpack here. Um, I, I'm excited that we get to have our, our luck potion talk uh, postponed, because I thought it was going to be yeah, this week. that's what I, w- yeah, I went into this one expecting this to be the week that we go off on Felix Felicis, but uh, luckily, instead, we had uh, the world's least pleasant love triangle to get <laughs> to sort through instead. yeah. All right. Well, let's take a short break, and then we'll come back with a with a, a little third segment. Uh, we're gonna visit the confession booth again. Yay! All right. We will be back soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, this was a major chapter for Ginny Watch. Sure was. Uh, you know, uh, Ginny Watch has been something that we've been kind of uh, 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 keeping an eye on since book two, because Lord knows I did not remember Ginny existing at all in these books. Um, and I will say she is kind of appearing more than I remember. Um she's she's got some stuff to say even you know a lot of it's kind of weird but she is there oh she's there she's extremely there she's extremely there she's in the books and uh i thought this would might be a good time 
to to revisit a segment that we haven't done in a while, the confession booth. This is one of my favorites. So I'm really excited. Yeah, because so, originally I was like, oh, you know, there's the punishment for the crimes of Ginny Weasley post. Right. There's definitely some incredible Ginny posts that I can find on Reddit. Um, but none of them are as good as that one. Nowhere, nowhere close. Yep. So I turned, I turned to Tumblr. Wonderful. Uh, I, I turned, I turned to that, 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 that beautiful dying web. Hey, actually, how is Tumblr doing? Have you, have you visited it recently? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a ghost town, but it's, it's still, it's still kicking. Cause, cause it got bought again, right? Maybe. Or something. I'm not sure. All right. Well, it's, it's still kicking. That's good to hear. Um. But uh, they've got some unanswered confessions that we, it's time for us to uh, listen to and, and give our thoughts on. Yeah. First, into the booth. I really like how Rowling wrote Ron's reaction to Ginny dating. She stood the protective big brother trope on its head. At first, he does have the cliched explosion, but then Ginny scoffs that the real reason he reacts like this it's because he doesn't get out enough. So he gets himself entangled in a very telling Freudian relationship with Lavender. Bye-bye. Ew, bye. <laughs> Ew, what? Excuse me? What do they mean by that? Uh, we, 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 sorry, we, continue. We will get into it, but we, okay. we have to okay. hear the last part of this yep, confession. Yep, sorry, sorry. Bye-bye, trope. No, it just is the trope. <laughs> it, it, it just is. That's the trope. Bye-bye. That's the fight. So long, Gabe Hauser. <laughs> bye bye, wow. trope. JK Rowling has done it again. Yeah. I want to know what they mean by Freudian relationship with Lavender. That's dark. I don't, I can't even venture a guess. I'm just, I'm hoping that they don't know what that means. Yeah. Do, uh, may, maybe they, maybe they just think Freudian means bad, right? Like, oh, that, that was a that was a bad relationship you got into. Ill advised. Ill advised. <laughs> well, that was means... an ill advised relationship, famously <laughs> said by Freud. Oh, because because otherwise, it's like, is Lavender like their mom? I don't really think so. I mean, maybe that's how it develops: is that she like mothers him? Maybe yeah. I, I I don't have no idea. I yeah, I don't remember anything about Lavender Brown, honestly. Um, but, uh, so, so maybe we'll have built be the ones with egg on our face once we keep reading, but, uh, I'm going to say, you know, I mean, th th this, this is a big sin, right? You can't just say bye-bye trope when they're just doing the trope. That, right. That I don't think the trope is the brother being upset and then the, the sister <laughs> being like, oh, you're right. End of conflict. <laughs> that's that's how it always goes. Never any conflict when brothers and sisters clash in stories. <laughs> um, let's. Yeah, I'm 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 going a big fat. You've got to you've got to rethink your ways. Yeah, on this, get out of here. This one, get out of the booth. Uh, that, that that you you you've definitely got some got some uh, repenting to do for that one. Mm -hmm. Next up. I had Canon Ginny being sorted into Slytherin. I'm sorry, this is a really difficult one to read because they have photoshopped a picture of Tom Felton and Bonnie Wright together wearing Slytherin <laughs> robes. So it's like very green. And they've written the confession in green. 
Oh. So it's very difficult for me to read. Sure. Uh, I had Canon Ginny being sorted into Slytherin, her, Draco, and Blaze being good friends, and eventually her and Draco being together. I think Draco would have a been a wonderful healer to her with her possession, and that she would have helped him realize that being a Death Eater and serving Voldemort wasn't the right thing to do. Plus, the That's whole- really helpful. <laughs> Plus the whole Romeo and Juliet similarity, minus the suicide. I know some don't, and I literally cannot read what is here. Uh, I I know some don't, blank, 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 my shipper heart does. I do not object to the spirit of this confession. No. I think that's great. Um. The thing that I object to and that I think should be thought of, meditated upon, perhaps, is that this isn't a headcanon, it's a fanfiction. Exactly. Blaze is is not a character. I am so glad that we are on the same page here. This is is definitely not a sin, but Mm -mm. I think that this this person might need to, uh, uh, you know, hit the books a little bit and brush up on, like, like, the technical stuff, right? Yeah, that's the fundamentals. No, yeah. that's a fan fiction. F- a fine, a fine fan fiction. Yeah, that sounds like a great. I would love to know more about Blaze, uh, a character we never see. Um, yeah, I would like to hear more about this healing that's happening. Is he? Yeah, is he doing the 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 Rise of Skywalker Force healing on her when she's possessed? Mm. Maybe you know, like that a little bit less if that's the case. But hey, it's fan fiction. You can do whatever you like. Uh, right. But yeah, not. I would say. Go with God on this one. Not a fan, you know, not a headcanon. It is a fanfic, but, uh, but, you know, no need to confess this. This is not, this is, this is no, nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with this. Yeah, it's great. Next. It's not that I don't like Ginny. It's that people have no problem talking about all the big flaws Uh and bad character traits Hermione has, Mm. but bend over backwards, excusing slash denying Ginny of all of her capital B bad traits. Oh, Ginny crimes are back. And always making her seem to be always in the right. Mm. Ron almost calling Ginny a slut was wrong. Almost. But apparently, Ginny ripping into him over his lack of experience and not helping with the lavender situation any with comments like he has to improve his technique was absolutely right 100%. helping how helping how helping how what <laughs> uh okay hello helping how what does this mean <laughs> my, the, the alarm in my booth is going off <laughs> the red lights are flashing what's going on here what do you mean what are you talking about hello hello <laughs> we have the kill bill siren installed in our confessional booth <laughs> Yeah, um, hello? What? What, 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 what do you mean? Helping with the lavender situation? <laughs> Please I do don't. not think Jenny needs to be helping with the lavender situation. No, absolutely does not need to help in any capacity there. Mm-mm. Just stay away from that one. Yeah, I, and like even, even in a not funny way, also just like not her problem. Yeah. Not, not yeah, not not her responsibility, not her problem. Ron's a jerk. 
Uh, and, uh, yeah, she doesn't need to help him out with that whole thing, whatever that means. But she must answer for her crimes. This is a thing. This is something that's just come up a lot. And I don't know if it's a sin to, to make Ginny answer for her crimes. Punishment for the crimes of Ginny Weasley and those like her. Right. That's all encompassing. Anyone like her also must be punished. Next up. I think I would have shipped Ginny and Harry if they had constant interaction throughout the books. Like, not romantic even, just friendly interaction. It just feels like Harry didn't even think about Ginny that much. Like, he didn't even notice her until it was time for the sudden romance to start. He had more thoughts about an interaction with the twins, for heaven's sakes. Why didn't he end up with them, lol? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they've got a point. Good question. Why didn't he end up with both Fred and George? <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of with them until that ending, but, you know, oh, they put that LOL, so we're all laughing here, having a I hearty think... chuckle in the booth. <laughs> I think I think my advice to this person is honestly the same as the other person we uh, spoke to, is uh, this isn't a confession, this is also fan fiction. This sounds like you have some fan fiction you need to get off your chest. It, it's it sounds like um a little bit of a little bit of media criticism, which is great. Love mm-hmm. to see it, and Absolutely. then a little bit of fanfic at the end. And I, you know, what 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 else is there? That's great. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. Maybe a little, maybe a weird example. Maybe maybe a weird example. But if that's the fic you want to write, it's go just for lol. It. <laughs> just lol. Just just jokes. Alright, next up. I don't like Ginny. And yes, that includes Book Ginny. She does literally nothing except get herself captured, play Quidditch, date Dean, and fangirl over Harry. That's it. Anyone who's doing a biography on her, prepare yourself to write the thinnest book ever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think anyone's about to write a biography about Ginny. Yeah, that's a weird premise. I f- I feel like that's maybe like a false premise that had to be invented for this to work. Um, right. What the reason I chose this one is because the the cadence of this post, the way it yeah. was written, uh-huh. it might as well have said <laughs> she does literally nothing except eat hot chip, charge cell phone, be bisexual, and lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes me like Ginny way more. Yeah. I wish that would be great. If if hey, if Ginny, if Ginny charged her phone was bisexual late hot chip and lied in the books would be my favorite character for sure easily easily um yeah i I mean i don't think there's anything wrong with not liking book jenny no i don't love book jenny she's fine she's better than i thought she was going to be but not great you know sure next into the booth if harry and jenny weren't a couple i would have liked jenny to end up with draco neville or luna I feel like a lot of characters are bisexuals. Dean, Harry, Ron, perhaps Hermione, Draco, Sirius, and definitely Ginny. I think it would have been a good idea to pair Seamus with Dean and Ginny with Luna. Great. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Eat, again, eat hot chip and lie. Add that Add that to, to Ginny's uh, repertoire and we're all good. Yeah. I mean, again, again, this is someone that's got, got some fanfic on their mind. The, although the, I would say the, this is closest to headcanon. Because they're not, they're, this this person is not, um, 
like listing out any specifics other than that like oh i think harry ron and hermione and draco are all bisexual right that's more headcanony i would love to know where on earth they uh got that read on ron and hermione and dean uh, for that matter and dean yeah um only because dean is not a character <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no these are these are headcanons is it because uh, dean can draw Oh, it's the Macklemore Is it because thing. of the Macklemore song? Boo doop boop boo. Boo doop boop boo. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's Dean, Dean thought be he, it. Dean thought he was gay because he was good at drawing, but it turned out he was just bisexual. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I th- yeah, okay. That's my headcanon now. So thank, <laughs> thank you to this to this confessor, I suppose. <laughs> okay, I got one one last one here. One one final confession. I love Ginny's relationships with Fred and George and with Ron. They're not super obvious and in your face. Her relationship with Ron <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> is particularly subtextual, but I really do enjoy all of her relationship with her brothers. We don't see so much with Bill, Charlie, and Percy, but I do like those relationships too. Please look up what subtext is. Yes, yeah, subtext that's my, is not- that's my um <laughs> That's <laughs> my advice, my holy advice. Subtext is not the absence of text, is what I will say. Uh, do we ever see her interact with, like... I mean, I, we, we see her, like, blithely respond to Fred and George a couple times. And Ron does say explicitly one time, like, Oh, Ginny's good at pranking. Because she was always getting pranked by Fred and George, or whatever. But uh, they say we don't see so much with Charlie, Bill, and Percy. I don't think we see anything at all, ever. Percy's, like, incommunicado in this book in particular. Right, and the other two are, like, adults with jobs that are in a different country. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. But I get, you know, this, again, this seems like maybe, maybe a headcanon. Great. I think, here's what I'm prescribing. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these last two confessors need to link up with the first two who had their headcans which are really fanfics right and i feel like between all of them they could they could write a fantastic fanfic i'd love to see it it sounds like they all have some very strong ideas about a much more interesting character for Ginny than actually exists absolutely and i'm here for it um, but that's all I have. I mean, God, it's it's actually not all I have. There are if you search Ginny Confessions uh in into uh Tumblr or on uh on on uh on, on, on Google image search, you'll find many, many, many uh uh confessions here. So so we might have some more on our hands for the next Ginny watch. I I think that I think that it shows that the fandom has a lot of feelings about Ginny and mostly uh, because I think that there's like a level of confusion about the fact that like Harry ended up with Ginny randomly in book six because of a monster that showed up inside of him. Mm-hmm. That's very confusing. Yeah. It's a lot no, of, I, a lot of feelings about that. I could see that for sure. Would you like one more? Cause I just yeah, found a real, I just I, found a, I, it's like, they're like popcorn. Like I just, yeah. or, or like Pringles. Like I just want more and more. Look at, I'm just scrolling through these. There's honestly a couple more here, but here's, here's one that I found that is very good. I feel like a lot of Hermione's friendships with other girls was left unexplored. True. 
absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. How well did she get along with Luna, Ginny, Pansy, Lavender, etc. after the war? How did she get along with them before? Did she not have girlfriends whom she could share her feminine problems like cramps with? Who did she room with? This one was so good, almost. Mm. <laughs> Who does Hermione have to talk about periods with? <laughs> Hermione, you need to make some girlfriends, because who are you going to talk to about your period? Who are you going to have a book club with for... um? Uh, whatever that book is. Dear God, it's me, Margaret. Or whatever book about periods. <laughs> Who are you going to recite the vagina monologues with, Jane Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who is Hermione and- Who are Hermione and Ginny going to recruit for their Scentsy catalog scam? Exactly. <laughs> this was so close to, like, just a spot-on <laughs> post. <laughs> This was, yeah, this was, this was, he, we were so close. We almost had the, 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 the purest confession and, and then we just, we just get the left hook there. <laughs> <sighs> these, these really are like popcorn. I'm still scrolling. I can't escape. I can't escape these. The name Fleur actually sounds like you're vomiting. So it's no wonder Ginny calls her phlegm. Damn. You wow. got her. Mm-hmm. Take that. Take that. Okay. Actually, one more. Because okay. otherwise, otherwise okay. I'm going to be here all day. Yep. Uh, it's hilarious that people will automatically assume you haven't read the books when you confess your dislike for Ginny. I've never liked her. Books or movies. Just accept that. Not everyone shares the same opinion as you. And move on. Rather than trying to uncover fake fans. Mm-hmm beautiful wow it's hilarious i mean it's i also think it's hilarious it's hilarious i'm not mad at all i'm actually laughing <laughs> we just got called out are we fake fans is that what people are saying <laughs> more and more people are saying that we don't like Ginny enough <laughs> <laughs> this person you know this is a confession booth this isn't the accusation booth uh, uh please don't come in here just to tell us that we're fake <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, cool, cool off. Take take a five before before coming back in here and and confessing. <laughs> oh yeah, I could I could read these forever, but we should probably call. This has been an extra long episode with uh with quite a chapter. Yeah, uh, uh, but what do, what do you say we take it to the close? Huh? That sounds good to me. All right, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com streetcast. We have so many good, good bonus episodes for you there. We've got Let's Plays. We've got uh, uh, long episodes diving into some books that we read. We talked about The Witcher this week. We got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff. And uh, Liz, what are we reading next week? Uh, we will be reading chapter 15. It's called The Unbreakable Vow, and it looks like someone's got Draco by the ear in this in this illustration. Uh-oh. Ooh. Who, who is it? I can't me... tell if it's Filch or Snape. Hold on. Let me take a gander here. I think it must be Filch. That's got to be Filch. 
Yeah, that looks like Filch, maybe? Well, I guess we'll find out next week, but even if you are dying to find out who is grabbing Mount Boy's ear, please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise